Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome into Ravens Press Pass. Today you'll hear from head coach John Harbaugh following the Ravens' 24-16 win over the Tennessee Titans in London. Here's Coach Harbaugh. Okay, good to see everybody here. Appreciate that. I, I noticed some some uh, the journalists aren't here. Uh, they're probably traveling back from London, so we appreciate those that were there and appreciate uh, you guys back here for being here. Uh, first of all, just congrats to our players and our coaches uh, for a great win. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough win over there against a very good football team, but our guys got the job done. I'm, I'm proud of them for that. To the fans that were there, uh, there was a lot of great fans in London. Uh, Ravens fans from really all over the world and a lot from Baltimore too. I can't tell you how many fans after the game we saw and they're like, from Baltimore, coach, from Baltimore, you know, and, uh, and they were excited. So, and also fans from different places. It's really cool to see how many, uh, how many Ravens fans are all, all over the world. It was, uh, it was exciting. Um, and then a salute to uh, our staff, uh, Simon, uh, Keith, uh, people that you don't even know that just did such a great job. Joan, uh, Megan, all the different people that did such an amazing job to uh, make the trip out there uh, as best as it could be for the players and the coaches to focus on football and getting ready to play the game. So just really happy about that. And for Steve Bashadi, Steve and Renee both, for what they do for us in terms of uh, doing everything first class so we can do things in a way that just gives us the best chance to be as good as we can possibly be. So it really shows up on a trip like that. Um, with that, what questions do you have? John, you just acknowledged all the work that goes into that trip, and there's so much discussion about you know, going earlier, going later in the week. Uh, but the other side of that, you know, for the most part over the years, teams have generally had their bye, you know, with some exceptions, including you, six years ago. What do you do differently this week, if anything, to try to get guys reacclimated to being back in Eastern time? Well, you know, that's a great question. I don't really know that we have any definitive, like, science on that, but we're going to just get back to business as usual. We're going to try to get back on our schedule. I think coming this way is, is kind of a good thing. Uh, you, you're used to getting up, you know, uh, because you're ahead of time there. So uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon with our guys doing what we do. They're going to get a chance to sleep all day today if they want. They'll get a good night's rest tonight. They don't have to come in until until 12.15 on Tuesday, uh, and then we'll, we'll be pointed toward the Lions. Now, there's been uh, a lot of interest among fans about the ejection call on Kyle. Um, you know, kind of wondering what the standard is, I guess. Is that something that you've given more thought to, or is, is it something you'll ask the league about? What kind of, kind of where are you on that? Well, yeah, I mean, she certainly will ask the league about it, because you just want to understand uh, what the parameters are. Um, I think really, based generally, it was definitely a, a flaggable penalty. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It was helmet to helmet. 
the one thing I do know is that Kyle certainly didn't intend to do that. He was coming over trying to play the ball, uh, and uh, and their helmets hit, you know. So, uh, and it was forcible, so it should have been flagged. Beyond that, it's really a judgment call whether the, the officials on the field make it or whether it goes back to New York, which is my understanding it did in that particular case. Uh, it's a judgment call on their part, and they make it, and you just you just live with it. That's what it is. So they'll explain it to us, I'm sure, and, and they had their reasons for doing it, and, and that's the way it went, and we accept that. Well, if we could go back to December of 2020, you guys basically, you got, you basically cut Geno Stone, and now he's become this huge part of this defense. How has he changed from that player to this player? Well, it was kind of a numbers game at the time. We still liked him at the time, and then we brought him back right away, you know, when he became available again. So I don't think it was ever a thing that we didn't like Geno, but uh, he's definitely a developed into a heck of a player. You know, he's grown so much, Bo, since those days. And he was, he was a good player then, but man, he's just getting his opportunity. I think it's a good example of, of someone that, you know, takes care of the details on a day-to-day -day basis, comes to work every day, does his best, you know, doesn't, doesn't complain, doesn't get all caught up in things, why is this not happening for me or that's not happening for me. Then when his opportunity comes, he's prepared and he makes the most of it, you know, and that's something that you just, it's just great to see, and it's a good lesson, I think, for young people. You know, if they're going to watch, hey, I want to be great at something, or I want to be a pro football player, watch Geno Stone and what he's been doing. With Geno, is it just about him having patience and now his opportunity has come, or has he done something differently recently that's made him be able to step into the role, but excel in it? It's a great question. Um, more than just patience. Patience, yeah, sure, it's part of it, because understanding that you don't determine when the opportunity comes. But the fact that you do determine what you do to be prepared for the opportunity when it comes. And what he's done every single day, which is work as hard as he can, be coachable, and to try to be his best one day at a time. Then when the chance came, he was ready for it. John, have you got a sense on Marcus Williams with the hamstring, if that's going to be something that's going to keep him out a little while? And, and I guess just for him, how disappointing, you know, he's already dealing with the pack to work his way back to that. And how dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. It, it's for Marcus. You know, that's challenging. It's kind of like it's how it goes sometimes. Um, and it was, he was trying to block on the uh, return, the Geno's interception return, and got kind of hit sort of from behind and on the side, and that kind of made the hamstring strain. Not a long-term hamstring, uh, but hamstrings are finicky. So it's not going to be a couple of days. It might be, it's going to be week to week probably. I think he's going to be real iffy for this week, and then after that, we'll see where it goes. John, regarding not opting for the bye, you talked about you know, getting back to business as usual. What went into that decision originally to not have the bye week this intercontinental travel. Yeah, well, it's not our, our choice. The legal, the way it works is they'll, they'll call every team and say, hey, these are the options that you guys might be looking at. You know, what would you prefer? Not, we can't guarantee anything, but what would you kind of rather prefer? Would you want, in this case, early buy or late buy? And, um, so it's not really a decision that we make so much. It's like, uh, would you rather, I, I'm not, we didn't really want to have a buy too early, but they gave us the late buy. It was in an early game in London, so that's just the way it worked. We like the later buy. Uh, the early game in London is what it is. We're playing the Lions. It just turns out, uh, you know, arguably the best team in the NFC right now, uh, playing great football, and uh, so that's where we're at. John, you, you talked yesterday about how um, to be more efficient in the red zone. Probably the quickest path to that is to be more efficient in the running game, on, especially in the, on the power runs. When you looked at the tape of the game, um, did you see a pattern to why things didn't work as well in those situations, or I don't know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any one theme. It's always little things here and there, but, you know, we were, we were running into some big fronts there, you know what I mean? We, we tried to spread them out. 
they didn't cooperate quite as much in terms of spreading out, and then we didn't, you know, they, they did a good job. They, they, they're a very good front. I mean, they've got some very physical players. The whole game was like that. They are a physical, tough run defense. We're going to see as or more this week against the Lions. So we're going to have to do a great job of game planning all across the field, red zone, outside the red zone, run pass, run pass options, play action. All that stuff's going to have to be really well organized, and we're going to have to be prepared because we're going against just as good a defense or better. So uh, it's part of that. We've got to do a great job of game planning down there and setting up the plays in a way that we can try to find some advantages for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, the uh, pass rush has been really consistent really all year. just wonder if you could speak to why you think that is as enhanced by the fact that you guys are getting it from a lot of different people. Yeah, probably, Cliff. It is probably because it's a lot of different people. You know, we are. We're getting uh, pass rush production from everybody. It was a lot of times it was it was pressures early, which I think you'd mentioned a couple times. Now it's pressures and sacks. We're starting to sacks are starting to fall in place, and I think we'd sped, spoken about that in terms that they come in bunches sometimes. So we want to keep the sacks coming. Uh, they did a great job yesterday morning uh, in terms of finishing off those sacks. You know, getting the quarterback on the ground is kind of the last straw. And even when the quarterback broke out a couple times, whichever quarterback it was, uh, Tannehill or Willis, our guys were able to chase him down. So that's what you want. Have you been able to get any other updates on any of the guys who left the game, like Urban or Harrison or Seymour? Yeah, uh, yeah Urban is, uh, had, had some stinger issues, so they'll be looking at those today. Uh, who else? Um, Seymour and Harrison. Like Seymour, don't know too much more about. Uh, it's not going to be overly serious, I don't think. Harrison, uh, Malik, uh, concussion protocol, he's clearing very quickly on that. Related to the edge rushers, and if you rest over in London, I apologize. But is there an update on Tyus Bowser and his availability and or an Owe? Uh, Owe, um, Owe is looking close. Um, Ajabo gave you gave you some information, so I feel more free to kind of comment on that. But um, he's decided on uh, that he's going to get himself back from the high ankle sprain, and uh, he had like a, a sprained knee, I would say. Uh, so he's he's going to be in the neighborhood here in the next few weeks. Um, uh, Tyus, I'm going to let Tyus comment on that. You know, so that's, that's uh, gotten a little more complicated over the last couple of weeks, and I'm really not at really liberty to talk about it right now, but uh, at some point in time, I'm sure we'll have an announcement on that one way or another. He's got to make some choices and decisions. Let's just talk a lot about guys who made the most of their opportunities lately. Justin had to be gay, one of those guys briefly as well. What have you seen from him that has allowed him to be in this right now? Kind of like Gino, you know, I just think Justin – is just a very determined guy. And all he does is come to work every day and work as hard as he possibly can, go along with this amazing amount of talent that he has. His motor runs, runs hot all the time. He just plays so hard. He's so physical. And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, boom, a few plays happen and you start to notice him more. But he's been playing like that all season. Was there anything about the U.S. you missed during your week away? <laughs> you, Jerry. I missed you. Where were you? You weren't there. The king was asking about you. The food, the food was good. I, I, I tell you, Sarah Snyder and, and our, our people did a great job with their people, and they were, they were, it was great. John, would you like, uh, I know Keith Mitchell played special teams. Would you like to work him in to the rotation with Gus and Justice Hill over the next couple weeks, understanding he's a rookie and you know, still trying to get him back? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's going to be active now, possibly. He's got to earn it every week, sure, but uh, he played well on special teams. And uh, he's done a good job in practice on offense the last two weeks. So uh, I'm sure that uh, Todd will be looking for opportunities to get him involved. Uh, 
filming from Naval Watch over the last uh, all of your travels. But uh, did you see anything particular in the red zone situations that maybe the Titans did to uh, stuff up the production down there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, watched it all, obviously. Some of it last night on the plane. We had a long flight, um, and, then, and then some of it this morning. There are no, they didn't do anything different, if that's what you're asking. They ran their defense, and, uh, and it's, a good, it's a good red zone defense. Uh, we just didn't get it done, you know, and I, I say coaches and players together. Uh, we've got to do a better job of game planning, a better job of uh, executing, you know, and, and we can do it. I mean, we've, you know, we've had great success in the red zone, and then, we have had, and then we've kind of had a drought here. So it's a long season. We're capable of being great in the red zone, and I, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of success going forward, but we've got to find it. We've got to make it happen. You're done with all experience. Do, do you feel like it paid off to take a completely different approach to going to London this time? I mean, did it, did it produce the result that you wanted to produce? Yeah, yeah. Wisdom is in the results, right? I mean, that's part of it. But I also feel like, to really answer your question is, yeah, I think it helped us. I think it helped to be out there to get acclimated, to get the bodies right. I mean, these, I think people go to the Olympics, right? And they, the Olympics are somewhere on the other side of the world. They don't go out there two days before the game. So. I think just looking back on it, hindsight, it was the right thing to do. Uh, the next time we go, I think we'll probably do the same thing. John, you haven't played a home game, I mean, in four weeks. And, I mean, does it feel that long? Does it feel longer? And how much are you looking forward to not getting on a plane uh, for a game this weekend? You know, it, it doesn't really feel anything as far as length. That's a great question because you just, you just kind of take it as it comes there. I know our guys are going to be excited to be at home, that's for sure. Our fans uh, will be excited, I think, for us to be at home. They'll be in the stadium going crazy. I know the Lions have been traveling really well. I think they've been filling up stadiums, so you know, hopefully they don't fill up our stadium, you know. But uh, it really doesn't matter. I mean, our, our, our fans are going to be loud, and they're going to be into it, and they're going to be enthusiastic. And uh, our guys are going to be excited to play in front of our fans. I can tell you that. John, there were a lot of teams that lost yesterday, or several teams that lost yesterday due to last-minute kicks missing. Uh, how great is it to have a, a Justin Tucker to fall back on? Well, there's nothing better in the kicking world than having Justin Tucker as your kicker in, in American football. I can tell you that. It's the best thing. He's the best kicker. So, yeah, we, uh, we do take him for granted sometimes. Uh, and he's not, you know, he'll be the first to tell you he's not perfect. But he's close to it. So he had a, he had a great game. John, at the end of the half, you opted against the long field goal. And then, of course, they fumble and Delshawn Phillips recovers. What were the decisions to say, oh, we're not going to send Tucker out there for that one? Well, as far as the field goal part of it was, that was kind of a three-pronged decision. The field goal part of it was it was too far. It was just too long. The turf wasn't that. It was a little bit looser turf footing. Chances of making that were really, really nil, I mean, honestly. Um, so the next thought would have been run the clock down to a certain number, which is where, about where it was, and go for it on fourth down. The idea being we can complete a pass, but we got to uh, we got to get you know we got to get out of bounds, get the time. I don't think we had, did. We have a timeout. Can't remember. I don't think we did. So you're basically going for like a, a free play. You get a pass interference. You catch the ball and run out of bounds. Uh, we talked about that. That would have been the aggressive play. Uh, I decided against that just because I felt like okay, but if it doesn't work and you don't convert, now they have the same opportunity going the other way. They get a pass, you get a pass interference, or they complete one out of bounds, and now they kick the field goal. And I just wasn't willing to risk that. You know, the fact that as well as we'd played, we hadn't put as many points up as we were capable of putting up, and I didn't want to give them a free opportunity at three points. So I made a conservative decision to do it. 
and then it worked out uh, you know, aggressively for us because our punt team did such a great job. I mean, great punt, uh, a great punt, and uh, a great coverage, and then Delshawn getting his first ever uh, fumble recovery, it set up three points. John, uh, talk a lot about this being a week-to-week league, and uh, we saw over this week specifically undefeated 49ers lose to the Browns in the back of the quarterback. We see the Eagles lose uh, in a against you know, a, a quote-unquote inferior opponent. Can you just talk about how hard it is to win in this league and how on you have to be as a staff and as players? Well, you just said it. I mean, I think what you said is exactly right because the margin is not as great as it appears or as great as it kind of the media naturally, we all portray it because of outcomes. The, the margin is very thin in this league. It's razor thin. Everybody is right around 500 or just above 500 or just below 500 in terms of talent and ability and coaching and all that other kind of stuff. So the, the difference is week to week. It's your ability to you know, persist, overcome, come up with a good game plan, execute the game plan, and then really make plays. Make plays that win games in critical situations, and that's who ends up, ends up winning the game. So, you know, great players make great plays. So you see quarterbacks and things like that, guys like Lamar or Mahomes and those guys can make the difference in games. But, you know, uh, I, I look at Houston. We talked about them. I think everybody's saying, well, they didn't think Houston was a great team after we beat them in the opener. And I think I said, watch, they're going to win a bunch of games this year, right? Because you, you watched them and you knew they were going to be a good team. So. That it, that's the greatness of the NFL, I think. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating and a review. Go check out the Lounge Podcast, where me, Ryan Mink, and Garrett Downing gave our instant reaction to the Ravens' big win abroad. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.